it's not easy to say this is a programming program changing win, but Boston College stuns SMU, a multiple score favorite, 23-14 in a their first bowl win since 2016. We're going to talk about what this win means, how this helps the program, and everything we saw on today's win, all on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. And if you can sense some excitement in me, that's because BC wins a bowl game. They defeat SMU 23-14. But before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Let's get into it. I have Mitch Wolf with me. He's still at Fenway Park. Mitch, how's it going? Yeah, I'm going to be a little quiet on this episode because I am currently sitting in the press box and there's still people here. So uh, if my voice sounds like I'm doing a, a sleep reading or doing ASMR, that's that's why I'm so quiet. <laughs> All right. So let's first talk about this. Um, you want to talk offense or defense first? Because I feel like both deserves their uh, their due here. Let's let's start with the offense, because I think that um, it was it was a very interesting game. From I guess it was interesting on both sides of the ball, but I think I want to reserve some more time for defense. So let, let's get offense out of the way. All right, let's let's start with the offense. So starts off a little slow. They, you know, you know the rain and the wind played a major factor. You could see that the the field was a mess. But you get a touchdown early in the game from uh, Kai Robichaux. You go into halftime after a score by SMU. You're feeling a little bit hesitant. Second half starts. Thomas Castellanos has his once a game. What the hell was that pass? <laughs> and then settles down and plays inspired football he, he does everything that we've said he does every game right he 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 wins the game on the back of his shoulder on his shoulders and and in robo too i mean robo had some big catches i mean big runs too what did you see about this offense and how did they kind of evolve as this game went on i think the effect of the weather cannot be understated or overstated because it, especially in the first half it was really 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 coming down um and it had been raining a lot prior to the game so i think that that um, affected the field affected the players one thing that i was interested in pregame is that bc came out and like did warm up drills in their shorts and everything and smu's players aside from their special teamers who were just practicing kicks didn't do that and when they came out they were in full uniform and did their warm-ups then so I, that was interesting i wondered if that would play a role and i think it honestly did um but in terms of the offense you know obviously you know we we've had our qualms with the offense here and there you know the play calling isn't perfect by any means but i mean they had, you know, the one driver, they threw three incompletions in a row. And, you know, sometimes, you know, players, play callers aren't perfect. You know, sometimes they're going to make mistakes. And, uh, you know, it was, given the weather, it was the passing game was never really going to be a big thing. Um, but the other part of the passing game is that I didn't really think, uh, you know, the, the one, like you said, the one interception that Castellanos threw was, you know, boneheaded play, whatever. But other than that, given the conditions, I thought he actually threw the ball quite well. Um, a lot of his passes were accurate. Sometimes there was the one play, I think it was on the first drive, where he threw a perfect pass to Jaden Skeet, but the defender arrived right as he was throwing it um, and knocked the ball and uh, hit the receiver and knocked the ball loose. And then the same thing where he was scrambling, hit, he hits Lewis Bond up the middle, and then Lewis Bond just gets speared in the back by the defender. I think there's, you could argue that that could have been flagged for pass interference, but they, I'll say this about the refs. They did not call almost anything, and they're very consistent with it. So I, I actually like that kind of game. Um, 
but so yeah, I was impressed with his performance as a thrower, given the conditions. Obviously, you know, again, he still has stuff to work on. He's not perfect, but uh, then as a runner, obviously, uh, absolutely electric performance. Um, the one play where he was more, it was more of a scramble where he was in the pocket, you know, dip, dive, ducked, and dodged all that stuff uh, from patches of Hulahan uh, to get out of there and get a big play. Um, and you know, basically, you know, kind of ended. I mean, him and Robichaud, like you said, definitely. Uh, uh, carried this game, but towards the end where they had all those design carries to him to really put this game away was really special and uh, just a really fun game to watch from the offense. Once once they got going, it obviously took a little while to do that. Um, I was impressed by SMU's defense early on, but honestly, I, th- I think that by the end of the game, the weather and, you know, BC's offense did. It finally started, you know, they got the lean on SS- SMU's defense. Uh, I think the weather affected that defense and they weren't on the field as much as BC's defense, but I think that they weren't and we'll talk about this more with the BC teams, but I don't think they were substituting as much. So they were forcing the players to keep going back out there, keep going back out there. And honestly, and again, we'll come back to defense, but this was kind of the inverse that we've talked about with a lot of BC games is that SMU's defense kept having to go out there and face a very run-heavy, bigger, stronger offensive line. And then eventually, I'm not saying they quit, but there's at some point you're just like, man, I, I can't make this place. I'm tired. I'm cold. I'm wet. I'm hurting. This this just sucks. So, you know, BC finally eventually broke through with that style of offense that we, as we talked about, this was how, the way for the way for BC to win this game. It played out exactly like that. They consistently moved the ball on the ground, and that allowed to control the clock, give their defense some rest, and eventually win the game. So we, because of the holidays, have not been live uh, since last week, but Christian Mahogany, before this game, announced that he was not going to play in the Fenway Bowl, and he was going to uh, opt out and then get ready for the NFL draft. Now, he was replaced in this game by Jack Conley and Kevin Klein, it looked like. Um Conley, I thought played other than he had one snap infraction. I thought he played a really good game. Yeah, I'll have to go back and check the film. But I mean, the offensive line didn't really. There were a few pre-snap penalties, um, so that was interesting. Um, again, I don't think I don't think Mahogany's absence is the cause of that. And the problem with the press box is you couldn't really hear the refs, so it was hard to tell who penalties were exactly called on. And the broad, the, they had the TV broadcast on in the press box, but. Uh, they didn't have sound on, so it was hard to tell. So I'm not sure who the penalties were on exactly, but I, I think I find it hard to believe that just because they weren't missing Mahogany. And what we learned is that this had been always been the case for a long time. They knew that he was going to opt out. They just kept it quiet as long as they could. Um, so I think that that was, I think the offensive line, pretty much, as much as you can expect them to not miss a beat, that's exactly what they did in this game. And talking, we're going to talk more about freshmen, especially when we get to the defensive side of the ball. But Jaden Skeet, you know, Joseph Griffin, as you reported earlier in the game, was not playing. He was hurt. So we saw more Jaden Skeet, and he had that play at the beginning of the game, as you mentioned, where uh, one of the SMU defenders knocked the ball loose on a good pass, but really good defended play. Later as the game went on, Skeet had a couple really, I thought, catches that kind of showed what he could do going into 2024. Yeah, I think this is this was a great showcase for him. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much he can get on the field with you know Griffin coming back and the two transfers, Duran Bradley and Jaden McGowan coming in. But yeah, very impressive performance by him. Uh, had that big catch on I think it was like third and eight down the right sideline um, on a curl, on a curl route that allowed them to move the chains in the next play. They hit him on that. They hit, I think it might have might have even been the same play where they hit him on that slant and then he takes it for a huge gain. I think BC scored the next play or two plays after. Um, but uh, yeah, and I thought Lewis Bond had a really good day. Um, aside from the one, the punt where he muffed it, then kicked it out of balance. But uh, other than that, and then the play where he didn't catch the ball because he got speared in the back. But you know, had some tough ca- had made some tough catches. Um, I thought he played very well. Um, didn't get to see a ton of the other receivers. I think those are the only two that, um, yeah, the, the other the players who had catches were running backs. So Jay Skeet and Bond were really the only two. Uh, making catches but like we said if bc was going to win this game it was going to be on the ground and not through the air 
And before I, I feel like we have not talked about Kai Robichaux enough because he also had a very good game. And as you mentioned, he was one of those players as the game went along, he got stronger and stronger. And there were at least I think there were at least two or three runs where again he was just so close to breaking it free for a big run. Can you talk a little bit about what you saw out of BC's big running back and how in a game like this he was just so important? I can't think of the game exactly, but there's a there's like some pictures from a game when Andrew Williams was with at BC. And I think it was some reason they were wearing white jerseys, maroon pants. And I just, and you see him and he's not wearing gloves. He's just this big hulking dude. who's just running through people. And that's, that's what it reminded me of was, and again, it took a little while to get going, but uh, as the game went on and we've seen this from time and time again, you know, we saw this in Pitt, even though they lost that game, saw it against Georgia tech is that basically like, he's just tiring the defense out and, you know, SMU has a bit of a smaller defensive backfield. So, you know, having a bigger, bigger, stronger running back who's going to, punish you at the end of every run is huge um and you know he had the, the fun play where they pitched to him and then threw he threw it back to castellanos for a a big gain um and they did they did a lot more outside running in this game than i thought they would with both robichaux and some of the jet sweeps and all that stuff obviously with castellanos he does that pretty normally but i was kind of surprised that they did that um given that smu's defense is predicated more on speed as opposed to size and strength but they were still i would say quite successful on those outside runs so that was also encouraging to see all right, in our next segment, we're going to look at the defense, a group that I think a lot of BC fans don't want to give a lot of credit to, but deserve quite a bit heading into next year. We'll talk about what they did in just a moment. Now, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is your place to go. It's fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best prices guaranteed, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you were thinking of going to the Fenway Bowl and you were looking for the best seats, if you were looking to get out of the rain, you wanted to get underneath that scaffolding so that you were not getting soaked watching BC defeat SMU, telling you Game Time would have been the place to go because they had all the tickets. They would have had them probably discounted quite a bit because of the rain. You would have got in cheap and you would have had a nice Boston College win that you could have seen for a fraction of what you would have paid at another place. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute deals. So what you need to do is download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Like terms apply again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. BC finishes the season seven and six. Not the complete record you would hope for, given where they were about a month ago. But you have to feel that there's some momentum going forward. Now, one group that has been maligned over the last month and rightfully so, has been the defense. They let up 40-plus points to both Miami and Virginia Tech and let a Pittsburgh team that had no business winning uh, stay on the field and win a game uh, in Pittsburgh. This game, they play a SMU team, number 24 in the country. They hold them to 14 points total. They dominated that second half, and there were a lot of names to talk about because I thought this was one of the best defensive performances I've seen out of BC football under Jeff Halfley. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I think given the context of who they were playing and who BC was playing with in terms of the, how depleted their secondary was, this might be the most impressive defense performance that Jeff Halfley's had since becoming the head coach of Boston College. Um, guys were flying around the ball. Um, the tackling was a little tough early on, which Halfley talked about the post-game press conference, said, you know, they haven't 
you know, really tackled anybody in month. And he said, you know, we've missed a few tackles early on, but then they settled in and started doing better at that. Still had the issue of uh, BC missing a lot of sacks in the backfield um, quarterback. And to Kevin Jennings credit, he's a good scrambler. So, you know, he's going to evade some sacks, but you know, a lot of times he was able to get away and make a play downfield. Um, but the way the secondary played was absolutely incredible based on what we've seen to end the year, because, you know, I, I talked a lot about how SMU's offense was so explosive and how they were able to rely on explosive plays and generate them with pretty good consistency. And even I would say even when Kevin uh, Kevin Jennings took over as the quarterback, but you know, outside of and obviously BC still struggled on third down um, a few times. You know, they let up that third and sixteen, third and seventeen. I think they allowed a lot of those plays where uh, guys got open. But as the game went on, you could see that they were consistently getting pressure. Uh, guys were making plays on the ball, you know, a lot of pass breakups in key situations. And uh, names that come, come to mind immediately are Jalen Cheek and John Pupil making some big plays down the stretch to end drives and, you know, force fourth downs. Um, and, you know, it, obviously it starts in, in the first drive where Donovan as gets that big tackle for loss and rips the ball out. And that's not, I mean, honestly, like that's, it's an extremely not fluky fumble. Like that's one that he absolutely worked for and just ripped it right out of Jennings hands. BC recovers and kills that drive early on. And if SMU scores on that opening drive, I bet we have a very different outcome in this game. Um, and also the thing that I thought was interesting was how aggressively and frequently BC was substituting players in and out of the lineup. Um, Halfley talked about that saying they, the primary reason they did it was to slow down SMU's tempo, which I think they were very successful in. They also did it because they wanted to get some younger players some playing time. But I also think it had the added effect of keeping a lot of the defenders fresh later into the game because instead of having to play the same guys for the whole game, they you know rotated them out sometimes, which kept them fresh later into the game, which allowed them to make a lot of those plays down the stretch, which was huge in helping BC win this game. Now, let's look at, I know a lot of concern going into this game has been Jeff Halfley, in it, the people viewing his inability to recruit and develop players. And in this game alone, we saw some players start to step up and take that next step, whether it was KP Price or Max Tucker or Davion Crouch. And I'm sure I'm missing one. Who was, I mean, see, aside, Sion, from, aside from the, the, yeah, the dumb, the dumb uh, I, I wasn't exactly sure what happened, but the taunting penalty or whatever from Sione Hollow, like he had a pretty good game too. So yeah, I totally agree there. So four guys on your defense looked legit. Like they look like, like you're hoping next year that your linebackers, I, you know, a lot of BC fans are gnashing their teeth that BC needs to go out and grab linebackers. And I get it. Like, you know, they had a touchdown where, um, SMU smoked Vinny De Palma in coverage, but you know, in in general, I know the play where Cam Arnold was, and I know people were angry at this, like, oh, it's not instinctual, but um, like he was running away from the ball, and granted, he's carrying out his assignment to carry that receiver downfield, but I, I get the point, like, he was very much out of position and didn't really know what was going on, so bad, bad play there for sure. But these younger players, they look like they have something there, right. Yeah, I was very impressed by Davion Crouch. You, you texted me, and I saw a lot of people talking about it. Um, very impressive game from him. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, I think you know we have all these additions in the secondary coming in uh, next offseason. But I'm not saying I really want like guys like you know Max Tucker and KP Price immediately taking over starting jobs without any competition. But now you know it's okay. We have some depth. We have these young guys who now have some more experience and. I mean, Mac, I mean, I, I can't wait to go back and watch like Max Tucker because I, I, I don't know. They don't have the stats up for like targets yet on PFF, but I feel like he didn't allow. He might have allowed a catch, but like I felt like he was getting targeted a ton and didn't allow too many big plays. And, not, and like a lot of 
I felt, I guess the big thing is that SMU wasn't able to just go out and hit those explosive passing plays to flip the field. Like they really, they had some big plays for sure, but they really had to work for them. And that's, that, again, that was the strategy of how BC win this game is make them really work for their yards, work for their points. And, you know, it wasn't like in structure plays. A lot of it was Kevin Jennings would scramble around for a long time and then hit a receiver who had come open downfield because it's a scramble drill. So that's just, that's just hard to contain for any defense. Um, and, Somebody just commented, uh, Jeffrey Griffin mentioned the drop in the end zone by SMU was a huge, and that was absolutely a huge difference. Like that guy was, couldn't, could not have been more wide open um, and just dropped it. And honestly, that was the case with a lot of the uh, SMU receivers. They had some bad drops that would have been key in keys that could have been, been big conversions in a key situation. And again, I think the weather really just played in BC's favor. Um, and then they, they talked about that in the post game press conference, how, a lot of those guys were like excited to play in like kind of like a, a crappy weather game like this, especially in the defense. Cause it's like playing when you're a kid, when you just, you know, go out and roll around in the mud. Um, I, I, I would disagree with that, but you know, that's why I don't play football. So I see fan, I'm, I'm already, I, I put a bunch of tweets up and I, I read the comments and I don't usually respond to them cause I just don't have the time to respond to literally everyone that comments at me, but I saw people saying like, it's just the weather they made, you know, there were drops. I, it was more than that. I thought the defense played well. Like they had, yeah, they weren't perfect. And yeah, SMU did leave some points on the board. But with any time that you leave, uh, you have you play an opponent that averaged forty point six points per game, and you hold them to fourteen points. You can't make excuses about why they didn't score points. You did that. That was on your defense. And that I feel like you're not giving enough credit. People are not giving enough credit to the way that defense played. Yeah. And and we got to talk about like, I think Trevor Haas of the Boston Globe and the AP tweeted out that this was the first time that SME was held scoreless in the first quarter of any game this season, which is crazy considering it was BC, the team that did that. And yep. again, didn't have the best, uh, I guess, second quarter. Um, and then they held them scoreless, scoreless in the third. And I mean, we haven't even talked about this yet, but BC's special teams were incredible in this game. Um, yep. They blocked, they tipped one punt. I think they tipped another and they were getting pressure on that punter a ton. And it caused him to shank a lot of punts, which gave BC good field position, which they weren't always able to capitalize on, but that was huge. Um, had one bad kick, kick return allowed, but uh, um then the blocked field goal, obviously, uh, that's a huge play that, you know, kept SMU off the board. And if, 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 if SMU scores there, you know, there, I forget exactly when, what, what the score was at the time, but that's a huge momentum shifting play. And, you know, it's, it's, as somebody else mentioned, you know, it's BC playing a bowl game in a baseball stadium. They're going to miss an extra point. You just know it's going to happen. Luckily it came at a time when it didn't really affect the outcome. Although I was, I was almost positive it was going to come back and haunt BC, but luckily, thank God it didn't this time. All right, in a moment, Mitch and I are going to wrap things up. We're going to talk about where BC goes from here. We'll get into all that in just a moment. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you were watching the Fenway Bowl, if you don't live in the state of Massachusetts and you were listening to Mitch and I last week when we made our predictions for this game, you're probably cursing both of us as we both probably gave you some advice you probably shouldn't have listened to. But if you're a Boston College fan, you were diehard, you're thinking BC's going to win, maybe you took BC in the money line. You're, you're going you're gonna to be sleeping well tonight with if you went on to FanDuel. So what do you need to do? Go over to FanDuel.com right now. Visit them. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official sports partner of the NFL. 
Locked on BC. This is AJ Black wrapping things up here with Mitch. Mitch is still in the press box over at Fenway Park talking the big win for Boston College. Let's talk about what this means to the program. You just lost three games in a row in November. The momentum was at an all-time low. Fans were all clamoring to fire Halfley. You're feeling like things are going bad. However, the transfer portal starts to kick up. You have the number 19 transfer portal class in the country. You have some big guys coming in. You add this win. Mitch, in your opinion, what does this win mean? I think it's huge for the momentum of the program. Um, I think the one thing that I was impressed by was Thomas Castellanos speaking about in the post-game press conference about how important it was for him and the team to send out a few seniors that they do graduating with a bowl win because you know guys like Vinny De Palma, who you have up on the screen, I mentioned Chris Banks. Um, who had a great game as well at the yep, end. Yep, very good game. Um, you know, those guys have been here for a long time and they have, you know, gone to bowl games, but they haven't won one in a long time. You know, BC hasn't won a bowl game since I think 2016, 2018, if they actually played that game. Um, but that was super important. So that was, that was good to see. But I think, you know, people, and actually, it was funny that both coaches talked about this in the press conference about how there's all this conversation about bowl games being meaningless. And sure, it doesn't really like change a ton, but you always, it's always better to win than lose, basically. Um, and, you know, I think that based on the momentum we've seen with BC in the transfer portal, I think this can do nothing but help that, um, you know, beating a team, beating a, beating a ranked team. And, you know, I know SMU didn't have the starting quarterback and sure it was basically an away game for them and there was bad weather, but like, you know, at the end of the day, you played the games and the result of the game was that BC played better today. And that has, that'll, that should generate a lot of positive dividends for this team. And I, I, again, I see people complaining um, in our comments section. SMU didn't average 40 with their backup quarterback, but some encouraging plays on defense regardless. Yeah, but they still won the, the AAC championship with their backup quarterback. and Against a good Tulane two team. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think heading into this offseason, you know, there is at least some positivity that you can take from this game. And your head, you, I, I retweeted it. Um, Jaden McGowan, who is a wide receiver that committed to BC, uh, posted something uh, pretty excited about the win. You had Christian Mahogany, who didn't play, posting something about their win. But, you know, you look at the guys that are coming in. You're building around a secondary that needs help. You brought in Bryquise Brown uh, from Georgia State, Ryan Turner, and Cam Martinez. So you have three new guys that you're adding to Max Tucker, who's getting better, KP Price, who's getting better, Cole Batson, who you hope will get better. You feel some momentum here. And I want to read to you, um, after the game, I got a text message from one of the 247 scouts, Kevin Flaherty. He said, this is about one of the guys that BC has coming in next year, Jerron Bradley, a wide receiver, and I know Mitch is very high on him. He said, Jerron Bradley is an absolute pro. He's going to be Wyatt's next fairly high draftee. Texas Tech thought he was going to have a huge year this year and leave as a first-round draft pick. I know several coaches over there when I used to cover Texas and even the head coach who said that he thought he was going to be unreal. They had injury issues, and I think BC is really going to get a good one. This is not the first time we've heard things like this. I, You know, you talk about Bright Crease Brown. There's other guys coming in, and you're only – I mean, you look at what BC's losing. You're losing Christian Mahogany. You're losing um, Kyle Hergel. Are you really losing anything else, Mitch? Vinny De Palma. Elijah, Elijah Jones, which we, we kind of got a taste of what life is going to be like without him uh, during this last quarter or third but of the you season. Can, but at that, you can still build 
Yes. You're not like you're not rebuilding. You're just adding to what basically you're adding to what you had this year. I mean, losing mahogany in Hurdle is going to be a big loss, but they were able to do it without mahogany today. Um, I think they they're going to start having those guys. What are your last thoughts about kind of the the direction of the the players on this roster? I mean, I'll be completely honest. I think this is like the happiest I've ever been about BC football since like beating USC in 2014. Um, this was a very very fun game to watch. You know, it was competitive, and then to see BC pull away at the end and not actually give me a heart attack by letting SMU score a touchdown to make it a one score uh, one score game again. Um, in terms of the venue, um, you know, I'll say this: like it was, it was probably hard to see on the screen, but it, this was a well attended game, which was very surprising given the weather. Um, a lot of people were kind of back underneath the the stands because of the rain, and again, it was absolutely awful in the first half. The second half, it kind of lightened up, but. Um, saw a lot of people turn out for this game. Um, fans were definitely into it. It was very, very, very pro BC crowd, even though we were sitting the press box is where it was kind of over where I think the SMU fans and their band was. So we did hear some SMU stuff, but most, you know, overwhelmingly BC crowd. And, you know, when you have a game like this in the rain, people kind of tend to have fun with it. Um, so I was just very excited about how this game was. So, Cause okay, again, at the end of the day, winning's better than losing. And it's just, you know, it's better to be happy with a win. <laughs> And you get you go into the offseason with a win. The last taste of your in your mouth is not a loss. It's a win over a ranked opponent. This is the second ranked win for Jeff Halfley. Steve Adazio had one that as that USC game. Jeff Halfley now has two. So yes, there's always concerns. There's all you know, we're gonna go back into next season worried about what's gonna happen. But at least for the next couple months, you can feel good that BC hits beaten a ranked team, they get a bowl game. Got guys, I, and I look at that picture of Vinny De Palma talking to him a couple times this season. It, that's just a cool feeling to see him get to go out like that because that guy bled maroon and gold. He was the face of this program, and he gets to go out like that. That is such a cool thing for BC. Yeah, and like, um, oh shoot, I, I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, I'm gonna see if I can recover it. I probably don't have it, so never mind. Sorry. <laughs> so, anyways, we're gonna wrap things up. Mitch and I will be back again next week. We'll talk more about this game. Um, oh, I, I remember what I was going to say. I, sorry, I, I was wrong. But, I remember what I was going to say. I don't think that this result just means that the team and the coaching staff are going to just you know rest in laurels like, oh yeah, we won a bowl game. We beat a ranked team. Everything's fixed. I think they know that this team isn't perfect. Like they didn't come out and shut you know shut out SMU four nine nothing and we're perfect in every way. Like I think they know that this team still needs to improve. They still need fixing. Um, but it's just encouraging to see positive results confidence and you know i know there were some you know you could say fluky plays like block it like special team stuff but in terms of like we talked about this was kind of how bc has won every game this year and it's 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 encouraging to see that they are when they do play this kind of game and you know play through the whole way and they're you know against a relatively evenly matched team in terms of talent and you know they also did it against uh, fsu honestly that their proof of concept, their philosophy of how they want to play football games can work and has, and has worked. And, you know, obviously the stretch down the end of the season where they're really depleted in the portal or sorry, really depleted because of injuries and suspensions and whatever, like that, that sucks. And they, uh, I remember talking to somebody about this and they said, they just like ran out of bullets at the end of the season just because guys were so banged up and everything. Um, so again, like you'd rather this be positive um, just because then, you know, it just, it just improves the, as the kids say, the vibe around the program. So, you know, I feel like it's hard to not be happy about this win. And I want to wrap things up with what Thomas Castellano said. Um, I saw Mike Galtieri. I, I 
another media member, interviewed him on the field after the game. And he asked he asked Castellanos what he said to the SMU defender who was trailing him when he scored the second touchdown. And I just want to end with this because I thought it was funny. Uh, Thomas Castellanos apparently just turned to him and said, welcome to the ACC, and just, and just kept going. I'm sure and he so, definitely didn't add an expletive at the end of it or anything. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go down that road. But anyways, that wraps up our episode. Thank you all so much. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe to our channel before you head out. We'll be back again tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to our Eagle Insider channel on um, – 247 right now we have 60 percent off and we will be doing tons of analysis of this game you want to make sure you get onto that it's like three bucks a month if you like bc football you want to know what's going on heading into next season check it out you'll get your whole year covered for like 40 bucks for the whole year and you get to you and you're supporting our work so head over to eagle insider right now make sure you subscribe today uh follow me at aj black 247 and follow mitch at mitchell t wolf and we'll be back again soon for, a- for Mitch, this is AJ. Thank you all so much. We'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.